are. Have you ever been spoken about? Yeah. Have people gossiped about you? Or better question, have you gossiped about other people? As it's been said, a healthy mind doesn't speak ill of others. So let's go there. It's about time because we're going there. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of We're Going There. I am your host, Bianca waters Oltoff, and we cannot have a show called We're Going There and not go there, as in be afraid or tiptoe around topics that feel really tough to talk about. Ooh, that's a whole lot of alliteration in the nation. Good job, Bianca. Yes. Well, listen, today, which was not planned, but today, as in today on social media, somebody took a clip that I gave from a conference, a three-second, as in one two, three, a three second clip of what I was teaching in a conference and then use it as a springboard to make an entire reel about my theology. Now, here's the thing. Was it mean? Yes. Was it called for? Absolutely. But that wasn't gossip. What gossip was is what happened in the comment section afterwards. I mean, people were brutal. Now, before we even get confused on exactly what gossip is, let's set the record straight. So, By definition, gossip is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that they are not confirmed as being true. So this podcast is not on the heels or in response to that. I just so happen to be recording today this topic. And let me tell you something. As someone who has experienced both sides of gossip, let me just say, it really hurts to be gossiped about. So today, I'm asking that we keep it G. Yes, that we keep it gangster. If you're not familiar with LA urban vernacular, let me just tell you right now, today we are going to keep it G. Keep it gangster. That means keep it 100. We are going to tell the truth and shame the devil. But why don't we like talking about the problem that gossip really is in our lives? Why don't we think it's a big deal or that it's bad? The truth is, is that it's destroying us, especially those that are within the church. I mean, let me tell you something. From the book of Exodus and Leviticus in the Old Testament, all the way to James in the New Testament, gossip is spoken about with vehemence from God, as in hatred. Like very, very clearly in Psalms 101.5, it says, whoever slanders their neighbor secretly, he will destroy. That's talking about God. Wait, so if we talk trash about someone, I'm gonna be destroyed? Yep, this is some serious stuff. In fact, This is very serious. Don't believe me? Listen to the insight from King Solomon as he penned Proverbs. Proverbs is referred to as the book of wisdom. And check out what Proverbs says about gossip. Proverbs 10, 18 says, whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. You're foolish. Look at Proverbs 11, 13. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Look at Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. That's biblical proverbs. But you want to know something? This is a global issue. This Korean proverb says, words have no wings, but they can fly a thousand miles. A Spanish proverb says this, whoever gossips about you will gossip to you. And then this Jewish proverb, and I love it because I could hear the Yiddish accent in my mind. What you don't see with your eyes, don't witness with your mouth. All right, yes, I'm feeling very Mrs. Maisel right now. And maybe you're sitting here thinking like, oh, this podcast? No, it's not for me. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, little old me, me? No, I don't gossip. Bless your heart. I'm an upstanding person of God. I serve him with my whole heart. Glory, hallelujah. Well, maybe gossip might take a different form. So let me talk about several forms of gossiping to make sure that we understand we all are involved with trash talking and we all need to ask God, hey, change our heart. 
Now, if you're the note-taking type, or maybe you're listening to this on a treadmill or on a long walk, side note, I'd love to see where you're walking. But if you're taking note, I want you to jot down the first type of gossiper, because we're going to define gossip through and through. The first form of gossip that I've labeled is a power tripper. A power tripper. These are people who love to know information and share information as a mode of power. Oh, I know this and I will tell you. Or I know this and I am in the know. I know this and I'm going to let you know that I know what I know when I know it. Guess what that is? Yeah, that's gossip. What about the hater? Oh, I like this person, the hater. (laughs) These are the people who gossip just to make themselves feel better about themselves. Oh yeah, they say things like, I'm gonna push them down so I could be lifted up. I'm gonna talk about them so I can make it about me. Yeah, that person's the hater. So the first one is power tripper. Second one is the hater. The third one is the processor. Ooh, this one's the tricky one. See, this is the ruse and the guys that hides a lot of gossipers, but this is the processor. These people don't think that they're gossiping. They are simply processing their emotions. They're gaining feedback from others on the situation. Or maybe, and this is my favorite righteous one, They are asking for prayer because they are burdened for someone. Like, oh, we need to pray for Stephen. I've noticed that he's been hanging around that girl, Stephanie, quite a bit. And I've heard she's new to the faith and loves wearing those revealing clothes. Wait, isn't Stephen married? Well, he's going through a divorce, but you didn't hear that from me. We should lift them up to the Lord. Maybe the Lord could fix his marriage. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know them, the processor. And the last form of gossiping that I see is the lightning rod. These are people that say things like, I don't go gossiping. People just come to me and tell me their issues. Let me make it very clear. If they're coming to you to gossip, there's a reason for that. If they're coming to you, it's because they sense, see, or smell that you are thirsty and as bitter as they are. They know that you will co-sign with them. They know that you'll agree with them. And they're looking for someone who will collaborate their emotions and their feelings. They might say things like, oh, I co-sign on that. Yep, you're right. Yep, you are right in what you're feeling. They are what my father affectionately refers to as wound lickers. They will lick each other's wounds to validate their feelings. But licked wounds never heal. And maybe you find yourself saying, but I've never said anything to initiate this. Be warned. It's a side comment. It's the facial expressions. It's the vibe that you put out on the meeting. Yeah, mm -hmm. people can smell your discontent and they'll look at you as the person that could be a lightning rod. But why do we love gossip? So we've defined gossip, we've defined who gossipers are, or different labels of gossipers, but why do we love gossip? Why do we love reality TV and seeing people's lives implode in front of us? We love gossip because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Gossip makes us feel better at the expense of someone else. And the worst part, the worst part, we love it. We love gossip. Yes, and I put an emphasis around we because it's just so tempting. All of us, at one point or another, have gossiped about someone. But let me be very clear. Gossip claims I am strong because they're weak. The gospel proclaims I am weak, but he is strong. Whether we are doing this intentionally or unintentionally, we are causing division, we are gossiping, and we are hurting other people. And who are we hurting? One, the one who is being spoken about is hurt. Two, the one who is speaking the words is being hurt. And three, the one who is hearing the words are being hurt. Let's talk about why this matters. Gossip is destroying you by placing a critical spirit in you. Gossip is destroying creation. Gossip is an attack against God's creation. So let me break this down. You don't have to turn to your Bibles. Just write down the scriptures for reference, and then you can memorize them or get a tattoo on your forearm like a cool little hipster later. But 1 Peter 2, 4 says this, as you come to him, the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house 
to be the holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you've received from God? So both Peter and Paul use visuals of us being a spiritual house and a temple. Well, guess what? As a pastor and leader of the Father's House Orange County, do you know what I do every Sunday? Every single Sunday, I get to church around 6.30, 6.45, and I get a bottle of anointing oil. Yes, I'm old school and I don't care. Oil is symbolic in the Old and New Testament, the presence of the Spirit of God. Okay, so anyways, I take a bottle of anointing oil and I just take a little bit on my finger and anoint every single chair. Why? Because I believe that people are gonna have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, that his presence is gonna change their lives. And you wanna know what kills me? Like as I'm walking aisle by aisle and row by row, up and down, touching and anointing every chair, you know what kills me? When people leave trash in their seats. I mean, listen, I'm I'm not even kidding you. I see people leave like empty coffee cups and water bottles there at church and it just frustrates me. And one time, yes, I am petty patty. One time I picked up an empty Starbucks just to see the name on the label so I can go and find that person the next Sunday and tell them, hey, hey, you can destroy your house and trash your house, but not this house. See, the church that Matt and I lead, yeah, it's just a building. It's a spiritual house though. And when we gossip about a spiritual house, like Peter told us, we're actually pulling away and destroying the temple of God. Now, if that annoys me, I should be equally bothered and grieved when I'm a recipient or a participant of gossip. Why? Because we are destroying God's place of worship. When we gossip, we are dismantling His temple. Gossip destroys the temple of the Holy Spirit. When I talk about somebody, I am pulling them down. Now, you might be listening and saying, right, gossip is wrong because it's not true. But the information I have, let me tell you something. (laughs) It is true, and I can tell the truth. I know the truth. I can tell the truth. Let me tell you something I've heard many years ago from Pastor Craig Grishel, and I've never forgotten it. He said this, everything that is said must be true, but not everything that is true must be said. That is so good, I gotta say it twice. Everything that is said must be true, But not everything that is true must be said. I hope you didn't wear nice shoes today because friends, I've come to step on some toes. And the truth of the matter is, the reason why we're going there today is because it's so easy to talk about sin or or failure or an issue that affects him or her or them. But what about us? What about our heart? See, because gossip isn't just a mouth issue. Gossip is a heart issue. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 15, 18. He says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Do y'all catch that? It's a heart issue. What is inside of you will come out of you. And there is a consequence. How do we kill gossip from continuing on? The first thing that I want us to do is I want you to take note, write down, or commit it to memory. The first thing is this, guard your ears. In a research article in Psychology Magazine, there was an article entitled, How to Stop Gossip with One Question. Well, clearly I was intrigued. I mean, one question? You want to know what psychologists and psychotherapists instruct us on how to stop gossiping with just one question? It's simply this, why are you telling me this? If you're more of a combative type, maybe feeling sassy and saucy, you could say, hey, do I look like the garbage man to you? Why are you bringing this trash to me? Or you can keep it plain and simple and say, why are you telling me this? When you ask the question, the listener is forced to wrestle with the intent. Why am I telling you this? 
I want to pause for a second and address the fact that people who have a tendency to gossip have a familiar phrase. I don't ask for this, but people come up to me and they tell me things. If that's the case, ask yourself why. If they feel like you're a person to process with or to provide insight or feedback, maybe it's because they can smell eh, that you're in the same place as they are. So simply ask this question, why are you telling me this? If you're anything like me, that question might feel a little bit uh, aggressive. Maybe you're thinking, I could never do that. Well, let me give you a softer approach that was inspired by Jesus. Instead, ask this, have you spoken to them directly about this? 98% of the time, they're going to respond with, no, I, I, I haven't. Okay, well, if that's the case, maybe you should talk to them about this matter. Case closed, subject changed. Where does my amazing question come from? Have you talked to so-and-so about this? Guess what? It comes from Jesus. Jesus came up with this question. In Matthew 18, Jesus is talking about conflict between two believers, and he says this, listen, what you need to do is go privately and speak to that person who you have a problem with. And once you do this, maybe they'll listen to you and they'll confess it. And then guess what? You've won them back. When we ask the question, have you spoken to them about this? It actually gives us the ability to act and respond just like Jesus. The truth of the matter is, is that what makes this so hard is that you might have a legitimate issue to bring up and you don't know what to do. I'm first gonna encourage you to go before you talk to anyone about it and do me a favor. Will you pray about it? If you need wisdom on what to do, ask God first. The second thing I want you to do is, if it's a moral issue that you have to address, maybe you need insight, don't go to a peer, go to an overseer, go to an elder, go to a counselor, go to your boss. Seek someone who isn't gonna have a biased view and who can spiritually hold the situation and the conversation in privacy. So the first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna guard our ears, guard our ears. The second thing we're gonna do is close our mouths. Now, this is definitely harder, but it can be done. Some people who might be um, new to faith or not familiar with scripture, no problem. I got you today. I got you. I'm going to read the scripture and then you're going to repeat it with me. And I know this is the podcast and you can't say it back, but let's pretend that we are at church today, okay? I'm going to say this and then you're going to repeat it after me like it's Sunday morning at the Father's House, Orange County. Say this. Watch your tongue. No, you didn't do it. I know you didn't do it. You think, oh, Bianca can't hear me, but the Spirit of God can't, say. So you're going to say it out loud. So yourself, so you can hear it. Come on, come on. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Proverbs 21, 23. Let's do that again. Proverbs 21, 23, repeat after me. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. The Bible says, watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. All right, okay. It's simple. It's laid out. Well, guess what? Congratulations. Some of you did not do your Bible reading today and we just did it. Yes, yes. So watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut and stay out of trouble. So let's think proactively. What happens when you hear a juicy morsel of gossip? What is your action plan to make sure that you don't go and eat that morsel and then vomit it out to somebody else like they're trash? Mm -mm. The first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna ask the question, if I was them, would I want this information to be spread around about me? The answer is almost always gonna be no. Jesus in Luke 6, 31 encourages his followers, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. So the question becomes, would you say this if they were in front of you? Period, full stop, the end, punto, finito, that's it. Would you say what you're gonna tell me if they were standing here in front of you? And in these questions, we can begin to understand the ways that we can kill gossip. So how do we kill gossip? One, we're gonna guard our ears. Two, we're gonna close our mouth. We're gonna watch our tongue, keep our mouth shut and stay out of trouble. This might feel practical and doable. The problem isn't only with our mouths, okay? Our problem isn't just with our words. Our problem isn't that 
gossip is a juicy morsel. No, the problem is our broken and sin-stained heart. Jesus recognized this in Matthew 12, 34. And this is how I remember it. One, two, three, four. Matthew, one, two, three, four. Matthew 12, 34. You're welcome. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We say things like, oh, he is so arrogant. But your heart is envious of his car. We say things like, she is dressed like a hoochie, but you really just want her body. Maybe you say things like, he is so cocky, but you want his bank account. Oh, they're such show-offs, but you're jealous of their lifestyle. We share gossip because if I can talk about their lack of fashion sense, if I can talk about their social media obsession, if I can talk about their addiction, if I can talk about their weight gain, if I can talk about their porn habits, if I can talk about their bad marriage, then I don't have to talk about mine. And if I can just push somebody down, if I could step over them just a little bit to make myself feel better, then it was worth it. See, that's what gossip says. Gossip claims I am strong because they're weak. The gospel proclaims I am weak, but he is strong. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we recognize who we are, guess what? It begins to change our hearts. Yes, when we realize that, hmm, guess what? You know what? When we realize that I'm actually wonderfully and fearfully made according to Psalms and that the book of Ephesians tells me that I'm God's workmanship, I'm created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In fact, I'm promised that he who started a good work in me will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ, that I was created for a plan and a purpose. And Jeremiah says that those plans are good and not for evil. When I know that I'm created for good and that I'm his living temple, like we just read about in Corinthians, I'm going to view you the same way. See, when I learn who I am, my heart is being transformed. And when my heart's transformed, I'm going to see you the way that God sees you. When my heart is transformed into the nature and nurture of Jesus, I understand that I don't have to put others down to feel accepted or loved or even valuable. It's not about what others say about me or don't say about me online or at our church or even within my home. I have value and I know that I am loved by God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all good things and what he speaks over me. When God gets a hold of my heart, he will also get a hold of my mouth. I will go from complaining, criticizing, gossiping, and slandering and start speaking life over people. If I don't have to be better than you, I can point you to the one who has made me better and that's Jesus. So what if you got caught not gossiping? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's think about this. Let's flip the script. What if you got caught encouraging somebody? And maybe it looks like this. Hey, did you hear what Stephanie said about you? No. What did she say? Well, she said that she has never seen anyone your age have your leadership skills, your gifts, and your wisdom. All that you possess and all that you process. Yeah, you're amazing. (gasps) She said that? Yeah, she totally did. Wouldn't that be amazing? Or what about this? What about this? What about this? Maybe flipping the script on gossip sounds like, did you hear what Rachel said about you? No. What did she say? Well, she said the way that you serve people has caused her to realize that she needs to serve people the same way that you are because you're serving people like Jesus. She said that? Yeah, no way. What if you got caught encouraging someone today, not gossiping about them? We begin to realize and we begin to recognize and we understand who Jesus is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Guess what? He brings us life. And when he gives us life, we can't help but speak life. Then all of a sudden, our words begin to emulate that of our creator. He transforms our heart into the one who sustains, the one who renews, the one who transforms our heart. And in that transformation process, our mouths cannot help but be transformed as well. Gossiping claims, I'm strong because they're weak. 
But the gospel proclaims, I am weak, but he, he is strong. I feel like I have to tell you my response to what that guy posted on social media just for accountability. No, I'm not going to say his name. And no, I'm not going to tag him. It's just not worth it to me. I could have been petty and I could have responded and I could have had people go and comment mean things on his page, but I just didn't feel like it was worth it. Instead, I didn't want to do about him what he was doing about me. So I did what I'm telling you to do. In fact, I privately DM'd him and I told him that unfortunately I wish that we would have met under different circumstances, but if he has any questions on my theology, he has full access and rights to reach out to me directly. And as someone who loves the church and has been serving the church for over 16 years, my ambition and claim was never to act like I had it all together. But at the same time, as a woman, as a woman in ministry, as a brown woman in ministry, not only are you making my calling hard, you're making my calling hurtful. I want to personify and let people know that when we talk about people, they're creations of the living God. They're creations. They're made in the image of the living God. And when we talk about them, we're destroying God's creation. So um, he actually responded back, friends. And we got a chance to clear the air. And isn't that what being a Christian is all about? I mean, it's so much more than that. But this is like a cherry on top. I'm so glad that we got to have an honest conversation. And what was supposed to be unintentional and strategic as part of this season actually turned out to be a wonderful learning lesson through social media and the podcast. If this podcast has been a gift to you today, will you do me a favor? Will you tag me with something that you learned or share it with a friend? Share it on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, newspaper, homing pigeon. I don't care. Wherever you want to, I hope that you enjoy the podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, I encourage you to leave a positive review, subscribe so you don't miss any episodes moving forward. And subscribe at Access More or wherever you download your fine podcast. Thanks for being part of the show. I appreciate you, friends, and can't wait to close out the season.